Um, morning, everyone, and welcome um, to another MediaWorks Masterclass. Um, supercharging your TikTok strategy. When um, I know we, we held a, a, a TikTok theme uh, masterclass a couple of months ago, um, and we were, we were sort of bombarded with questions through the session. It's obviously a very, very hot topic on, on everybody's mind at the moment um, for, for, for good and bad reasons, and which we'll, we'll definitely tackle. Um, so look, let's, let's set the scene here a little bit. I think um, TikTok, as we know, is not just shaping um, you know, a generation of social customers. I think it's also combining the worlds of you know, community of commerce, of entertainment and, and sort of popular culture. Um, and, and us as marketers, I think we've got the opportunity to reach, um, you know, some potential new target audiences with this. And um, but but doing that in, in sort of, you know, entertaining and creative and authentic ways um, is, 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 I think, the big challenge and, and kind of obviously turning, um, you know, those likes and shares into to hearts and minds and, and, and then into meaningful engagement and, and conversions is, is obviously what we're all about. So we're going to try and um, dig, dig a little bit deeper into some of those things um, today. Um, we've got a, a great set of panelists here and they're going to share some of their um, tips and tricks to, to create an effective TikTok strategy um, that hopefully engages those audiences. Um, we're going to have a look at how we can use the platform to, to boost uh, you know, either product discovery, build a, a bit of an always-on brand approach, maximize conversions, um, or, or just generally supercharge you know, your, your performance on, on, on social. So um, like I said, last time we, we tackled TikTok as a subject, we had heaps of questions from, from those of those of us who were kind enough to join us that time. Um, so as, as Jason had mentioned right at the top, do pop them in the q and I'm going to try my best to, to try and keep up with those. Um, I'll, I'll try and kind of um, raise them with our panellists um, at the right moments. Please don't panic if you feel I'm not getting to them. Um, we might well run out of time. I know we did last time on, on kind of tackling all of them. Um, I know um, the guys on, on the panel today and the rest of the MediaWorks team will definitely get back to you with some direct answers after today if we don't get the chance during the session. Um, like I said, we've got a fantastic panel. Um, I'm dead excited by these guys. So um, I'm going to let them make their own introductions. Um, Becca, good morning. Good morning. That was a really nice intro, Christian. Thank you. <laughs> um, hi, I'm Becca, Head of Strategic Planning. So my teams look after a lot of the insight and research and take that into recommendations. Um, but I also look after our social team. So obviously, um, TikTok is a big focus for us at the moment. You know, I did a call yesterday and when we were doing intros, we went around and said what TikTok hole we were in at the moment. <laughs> Mine is currently over the weekend. I caught, got caught in a two hour hole of people unboxing takeaways. They weren't even reviewing them. They were just plating them up. That's it. Whoa. Okay. Unboxing takeaways. Right. Pressure's on now then, Jess. Good morning. Yeah, yeah guys. Well, <laughs> right, Jess? Hi. Um, I'm Jess. I'm junior content producer here at MediaWorks. Um, so a big part of my role is actually producing organic TikTok content for our brands. Um, and what hole are you in? <laughs> I am heavily into the funny cats hole of TikTok at the moment. Oh, the classic. Yeah, too cute. I can't get enough of it. Fantastic. Thanks, Jess. Rachel, good morning. Morning. Hi, everyone. My name is Rachel. I'm head of data and insights at MediaWorks. So I kind of um, sort of see it all through in terms of tracking at the start and then helping the teams with reporting at the end. So really kind of always in the data and the touch points there. Fantastic. Thank you, Rachel. And last but not least, we've got Alfie joining us as well. Morning, Alfie. Good morning. Um, hello to everybody. Uh, my name's Alfie. Uh, I'm a senior paid social and video executive at MediaWorks at Newcastle office. Uh, so I work across 
a sort of multitude of paid channels on the social side of things, be it Meta, of course, TikTok, Pinterest, and then sort of B2B stuff on LinkedIn as well. Um, TikTok hole that I'm in at the moment, it's a good one, to be honest. I think with summer looming very quickly around the corner, I've realised that I'm not in shape. So gym TikToks well, are starting to creep their way into my For You page and motivational videos. So, uh, Alfie, that's like... That's like the opposite of mine. I'm watching takeaways being unboxed. <laughs> well, I was going to say, on the, on the flip side of things, I got down a massive rabbit hole recently and, and discovered um, spice bags, which is like an Irish uh, Chinese dish. They're like bags of like salt and pepper chicken. And I was like, I was like watching it for about an hour. I was just scrolling through videos. So on a similar, similar score. Yeah. <laughs> on the You're a multifaceted guy. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I I think Alfie was half fishing for a compliment there to say he doesn't <laughs> need the gym TikToks at all. Um, right, I, I'm, I'm let's let's get straight into stuff, guys. Um, I, I think what I'd really like to do is is kind of open up with a, a a bit of a general question, but also tackle the massive elephant in the room at the moment um, with, with with TikTok. So when we we're asking what sort of audiences and, and companies does TikTok work for. Um, I want to caveat that with all the stuff that we've seen in recent weeks, both on on this side of the pond with um, kind of Parliament kind of asking asking everyone to to kind of take it off of their phones, um, and also what's been going on um, over in the US as well with, with the head of TikTok getting some uh, a, a fair old grilling over in the states. Um, where are we at with that, Rachel? Can I start with you? Yeah. So I suppose firstly to kind of start with. It's a really interesting question of like, would it work for my business? I think that's what a lot of people find themselves asking in like conversations recently. People seem to be on like one, one, there's like two sides of the fence. People jump in, no strategy. And that's fine. You can kind of do some of the trends, especially from an organic perspective. It's quite easy. But if you're thinking from a brand perspective, you do kind of want a strategy of what you want your brand to be perceived as. And then I think you've got the other side of the fence where brands are like, oh, can't keep up. How can we produce this much content? We don't have the resource, et cetera, et cetera. So you've got really two kind of opposing sides. But I really think it's something that we should like cautiously use data to influence, I guess. No surprise that I said that realistically. But (laughs) when we're looking at clients, we always, when we're trying to think of what tactics that's best for them to deploy, we always try to understand what channels their target audiences are spending their time on. So, um, and I feel like we've talked about this quite a few times in different um, sort of sessions, but, you know, those audience polling tools like Global Web Index or YouGov really help us evaluate what social media um, these sort of personas and audiences spend their time on that'll let us know like the proportion of the audience that's there and also that index score so in general like do the over index for that channel and that's when we sort of begin to evaluate okay well is it plausible that it's going to work because there's no hard and fast rule of this industry is better than this industry or you know you and I think the team are going to like touch on some amazing examples but realistically there's no hard and fast rules so it's more about is your audience there because if they're not is it worthwhile could you put your time and effort somewhere else instead so it's very interesting um but I do think you kind of have to understand where your audience spend their time that's not to say that you can't challenge your assumptions though because you might think my audience are definitely not on TikTok but actually from some of the brands that you might see on TikTok all the time 
um, yeah, actually your audience might be on there. You might just be catching them when they're scrolling through their phone, relaxing on a night time, et cetera. So I think it's definitely worth trying to suspend assumptions with TikTok and actually do some research to understand, like, is it viable? How do you test it? How can you, like, what sort of strategy are you going to roll out for that? Um, and try and make sure that you you kind of go into it with a good plan. Otherwise, I think you're going to say, yeah, TikTok doesn't work for my business. But actually, the huge range of examples of brands and industries that we've seen utilizing the platform, you can't really pigeonhole it into one. Mm. Yeah, and I think, uh, like Rach says, I think it's super important to find your angle as well. I think naturally there's some um, there's some kind of sectors or industries that do kind of suit TikTok a lot more. So we know that beauty and fashion um, does really well on there. Um, we know things like food, um, you know, loads of stuff, um, you know, get some really good reach on there. So um, that's not to say, though, that if you are in a more niche industry, you can't find your place there. And I think a really good example of that is Duolingo. Who would have ever thought that a translation or a learning languages app would do so well on there? Um, so I think it's just really about finding your angle of what will work and what doesn't. And I think it's about finding a creative angle as well. Um, and that's how you can really, um, you know, generate those kind of views and that reach on there. And I think even industries that you wouldn't think, you know, that maybe are typically seen as a bit boring. So I think recruitment does really well on there. HR, there's loads of kind of HR consultants on there. So I think, um, you know, it's really about challenging those norms and finding that creative angle about what could be done on there. But what I would say, though, and I would say this not just about TikTok, but about any kind of social platform, I think it's about going back to your overall marketing objective and working backwards for that to work out if TikTok is right for you like your marketing objective isn't to have a TikTok that is not a marketing objective that's a tactic that you use to fill your fulfill your marketing objective so I, I think it's all about laddering back to that and making sure that you're not like Rach says actually could that budget or resource be invested somewhere else better somewhere elsewhere better to fulfill that overall objective TikTok might be the answer. It might be the answer to your objective, but equally it might not be. And there might be somewhere actually, um, you know, that could better serve your needs. Um, and I think as well, probably what we should have a chat about is obviously what Kristen alluded to at the, at the beginning about TikTok is obviously very um, of I guess, of the moment in the news. Um, you know, we're seeing, uh, you know, was it a couple of days ago? Last week, yeah. Thursday, um, the CEO was in front of Congress, which was quite interesting because he's, um, I think, as far as I understand, he's notoriously quite a media shy guy and doesn't um, doesn't do a lot of, um, you know, public speaking or, um, you know, go out to the media or anything like that. So it's been quite interesting to see um, what TikTok have had to say. And I think it, it will be really interesting to see what kind of backlash it has. You know, every day we're seeing a new story about um, a government banning it on devices and um, even talk about it being banned completely um, in certain countries. I know in India, you can't use it. It doesn't matter if it's government advice, it's banned. Um, but, you know, there are kind of certain countries that are also thinking about banning it. So I think that will be really interesting to see um, what impact that has. But I think um, if we look back, we go back, you know, 10 years ago, we saw this with um, 
not 10 years ago, maybe about eight years ago, we saw this with YouTube where there was a really big brand safety issue. Um, and, you know, I worked with brands that were pulling their budget from YouTube because they were worried about what kind of content they were going to be sitting next to. Um, you know, and also if we go back to thinking about, um, you know, Facebook going in front of Congress in 2018, um, you know, all the famous memes that came out of that about Mark Zuckerberg being a robot. Um, but, you know, all, all other channels have had their moment in the bad spotlight and have, you know, arguably come out the other side. I think what's going to be interesting or really different about TikTok is that, you know, Facebook and YouTube came out of that and, you know, still had a very fruitful um, existence, but they're obviously American companies. So whether, um, you know, it's going to be a bit different from the point of view that it is a Chinese-owned company and whether US are going to come down on that a lot harder than they did with YouTube or Facebook. Um, and, you know, that could be a real... Um, that could be a real dent um, in, you know, TikTok if it does get banned in certain countries, because I don't think there's a lot of recovery from that bad press and it's not going to, you know, it will still have its hardcore following. But in terms of growth, that's going to really hit it hard. So I think that's one for us to keep an eye out on the moment at the moment. Alfie, thoughts? Yeah, I think kind of on, on that side of things, I completely have to agree with Becca. Obviously, it's a, it's an interesting situation, to say the least, and without making this too political, obviously there are other factors sort of con contributing to that hearing that weren't contributing to the likes of Facebook and YouTube when, when, when issues arise there. So I think it's one of those things that we all just have to keep an eye on. Ultimately, I have my own opinions on it. I'm sure we all do. Um, I think it was a pretty good... Um, example of how little some people know about the app if i'm honest with you you know you got <laughs> sat there for five hours i hope none of the congress are watching this outfit <laughs> yeah i hope not but um yeah look it, it, it is what it is i think at the end of the day we've just got to keep an eye on it um i still think it's an amazing app obviously um but i think from a like the sort of point that rachel raised you know is my brand kind of right for tiktok i have to agree with becca again on that like it's it's one of those things where it doesn't have to be right for your brand at the end of the day. I think that there are the brands, like you said, you know, sort of fashion industries, food, et cetera, that will just naturally do well on TikTok purely because the audience size um, and the breadth of the audience is so much bigger. Um, but just because you're a niche brand or you might be solely B2B doesn't mean that you can't use TikTok. I think there are a number of ways that you can kind of angle it, especially from a content perspective that can allow you to kind of tap into a new market. So there's two sort of things you can do. I think you can push more passive content. So if you're a B2B business, it doesn't necessarily have to all be about your products. It could just be passive content. It can be having fun on the app um, and it works like we've seen it before and we've seen it work. Um, on the flip side of things, you can you can kind of, you can start to work on that more educational and, and, and informative content. You know, like I've seen, um, I know we're talking about TikTok holes and rabbit holes. Like I, I got into, I follow this guy on there. He's like a small um, uh, sole trader and he does, finds gas leaks um in like buildings and i know you do you know what i mean you, you hear that and you think okay it, fair enough but it's so interesting and the, the content that he pushes out is purely educational but he does it in a sense that it's short form it's engaging and and it works really well so it's just about that creativity aspect i think at the end of the day you know if, you, if you're worried you know will my brand actually work just try uh, i think that's all you can do at the end of the day is just give it a shot and just do the most you can and um see what happens 
Yeah, it's a good one. Um, and Alfie, thanks for that. I, I think Fiona, we've got a question from Fiona from Focus 5. Thanks for, for, for joining us and for your question, Fiona. Um, she was asking, actually, whether um, she, do we think TikTok can be as effective mm. B2B as it is kind of B2C? And I think some of that kind of really wraps that up. But funnily enough, like, there's kind of not a particularly recent rabbit hole that I've been down, but I've seen it. And it's, it is weirdly kind of addictive, is this guy who kind of... Com- cleans drains commercially just kind of and, and i think it comes back to kind of regardless of whether you're um b2b or b2c that kind of that that content is is kind of the king here right it's like kind of if you're producing good stuff that people want to engage with um and as as rachel had said you, you kind of you know you, you figured out your your audience um, there's, there's every opportunity to win on TikTok in a, in a B2B sense as, as there is um, sort of B2C, I would guess. And I, I would think, say... Oh, oh, you go. Okay. I was just going to say on the B2B um, side of it, I think definitely in the last kind of few years, we've seen a bit of a shift in B2B that it used to be all about putting businesses on a pedestal and it would be about this thought leadership and it would be very kind of untouchable. But I think definitely, whether that's to do with the pandemic or not, we're definitely seeing B2B marketing bring out more of that human element um, in companies. And it's not about this kind of... Um, uh, you know, like I say, faceless thought leadership is actually showing the people behind a company and showing the realness. And I think that's where TikTok can really, I hate to use the word, but add some authenticity, um, with, you know, to B2B brands and make them, um, you know, more accessible. Cool. I mean, um, <clears throat> before we move on, I've got one more question here that I, I think is relevant because we, we, we've talked about the elephant in the room and it is about that. Um, is it true that TikTok in China is used more for educational purposes, but actually they, that's filtered out for Western audiences? Um, so actually the content we see might not be as beneficial in, a, in an educational sense as what, what China sees. I think I've never heard that before. So, mm. actually, TikTok isn't available in China. Oh, is it ByteDance? Uh, oh, no, it's called something. No, the parent company is called ByteDance. Byte they own TikTok in um, the Western side of the world, whereas in China it's actually called Douyin. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you could, you have a different platform, don't yeah, you? Yeah, so it's a completely different platform, really. Um, I'm not too sure about whether it's just used for educational purposes, but mm. I think it's kind of also important to note that um, with all of this stuff going on in the US mm. um, and these concerns around data um, and data protection, in the UK we actually have quite stricter rules around this mm. data protection side of things yeah. um, where you actually have to ask the user um, to kind of keep their data before you take the data whereas in America it's more about transparency yeah. and using the data for yeah. um, forgiveness rather than ask permission it's a strategy yeah so kind of there's not really crossover within the content mm. on in different countries because they are separate platforms yeah. just owned by the same parent company yeah. which is ByteDance. Got it. Cool. Hey, we're all learning something new. <laughs> there we go. Um, thanks for that, Jess. Um, and, and maybe we can actually, if we can uh, briefly stick with you. And when we're thinking about kind of the, the types of content, we, I think we already know where we're heading with this in kind of um, content obviously being really crucial. What, what sort of content does kind of work well on TikTok? Yeah, so first and foremost, it would be short, snappy videos, kind of punchy and straight to the point. You want to make sure you're engaging your audience within the first few seconds of that video, so they'll actually watch until the end. 
Um, and then I'd probably say, you know, I think where TikTok is quite different from the other kind of social platforms is it is all about that kind of lo-fi mm-hmm. feeling. You know, if you actually go on there with very glossy content or very overly produced content, it can feel quite jarring. But mm-hmm. I always have my creative director's voice in my ear when I say this. And I like to caveat that um, lo-fi does not necessarily mean bad. Mm-hmm. Still, you know, if you're going to shoot it on a phone, make sure it's a good phone. Think about lighting. Think about transitions. Think about the audio. So, Andrew. I've said my piece yeah. <laughs> I think as well TikTok have just kind of announced those like 10 minute videos as well mm-hmm. and I know that a lot of feedback from content creators was actually they don't feel like those 10 minute videos are getting pushed mm-hmm. as much because our attention span is just not there yeah yeah, yeah. 100% and what we're talking about oh audio yeah yes. um kind of when you're creating content um participating in trending challenges which covers trending audios filters things like that can really help increase your chances of going viral um i think it's important to note that when you're using trending audios you want to kind of run a copyright check um and there's actually an in-app toggle you can do um if you've got a brand page where you can check the licensing for that music um but yeah when you use those trending audios your content will show up underneath that audio page alongside other videos that use that audio so that's a great way to kind of um have new audiences find you and then ar filters is quite a good one as well that adds a unique touch to your videos and tiktok has a wide range of filters but you can also develop your own ar filters Mm -hmm if you want to kind of get that unique brand experience. Yeah, and they don't have to be, you know, we create quite a lot of these in-house, don't we, Jess? And they don't have to be massive, huge exercises in production. Mm-hmm. It's just about, and to Jess, having someone that knows what they're doing. You know, we can, um, we do quite a lot of them and play around with them. Um, and they're fairly, not going to say easy to develop, you just have to have someone that knows how to do it. Yeah, someone a bit tech-savvy. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's not too, too difficult. You can have a play around with Really. Yeah, um, guys. Just by you talking about, it, sorry to, to interject, ooh. Jess. You're in your flow there. So mm-hmm. I've got a very relevant question just coming in now. Um, do, do we know whether TikTok favors content that is filmed on the app yeah. rather than videos taken from um, elsewhere? Um. So I know that TikTok favors using kind of their in-app text features because mm-hmm. if you're downloading a video from elsewhere and the text is kind of burned onto the video it might not pick that up and kind of contribute towards mm. that seo side of things um i do know that instagram yeah i was gonna say that announced. yeah yeah they favor videos that were created in app well it's more about the watermark isn't it that they don't yeah. like they don't they're not going to favor content that's got that tiktok watermark mm. on it isn't it so yeah although i will say that um tiktok have really improved their in-app editing Mm. features recently so it's a lot more developed than that on instagram so it is quite easy to make your content in the app and post it and that also contributes to kind of the authentic lo-fi kind of vibe that you might want to go for with your content Mm -hmm. 
Um, and I think um, when we're thinking about content and the kind of content creation um, in TikTok as well, I think it's always important to uh, try and think about people in it as well. Um, I think that's often what people don't really think about with TikTok, about making sure, you know, there's quite a lot of it is presenter-led or have voiceovers, things like that. So really making sure you're kind of getting that, I want to say, human element into it rather than, you know, um, you know other platforms where it might be a lot more about a product shot, things like that. Yeah, absolutely. And um, also kind of in terms of content that does well, that kind of brings you into educational content. So if you have a presenter teaching you a new skill or telling you interesting facts, that can really increase your engagement and also contributes towards that um, SEO side of things with lots of keywords and search terms. Um, And then funny content too always does well on TikTok. So don't be afraid to be a little bit silly in your content. (laughs) Cool. Alfie, anything from from your side, you know, thinking specifically about the paid side that that kind of you find tends to work well? Yeah, yeah. I think um, obviously organic and paid are three very different things in in a sense on TikTok and and the difference in content can can be quite vast. I think in terms of paid, it's not as... It's not as broad in terms of the content that you should be pushing out. What we tend to do from a paid side of things is we tend to split our content out by two types. So we've got our PGC content and our UGC. So PGC standing for professionally generated content, which is very much more advertisery. Um, you know, it's a lot more trying to sell someone a product, uh, something that you might see on, you know, a meta ad or a YouTube ad. It's a lot more, you know, there's a bit more effort and time and budget in, uh, that's gone into it. Um, and then obviously UGC just being your user generated content. So that's the kind of content that you'll re- you'll tend to recycle from an organic post and utilize that as a paid ad. So what we tend to try to push for and what we've seen good results from is using a, a sort of specific split for the two. So we tend to say 70% UGC, 30% UGC. The reason we say that is purely because from an engagement perspective, we tend to find that UGC works really well on paid. Um, it blends a little bit more into the feed. Um, people, you know, it's not like you're scrolling and all of a sudden oh, you've been hit by an ad and you've got to watch this ad. It's a lot more easy and it's a lot more digestible. Um, but from a sort of lower funnel side of things, and if you're trying to chase those conversions, especially, for, you know, the e-commerce side of things, retail, um, that PGC content is always going to be relevant. Um, product shops, et cetera, dynamic ads are, are always really good. So I think in terms of the the scope of content you can push on on paid we kind of tend to refine it a little bit more and strip it back you know just because overcomplicating it can um can cause all, all sorts of issues sometimes but yeah i think that's usually the split that i would i would tend to push and if you are a brand that are running paid or thinking about running paid then that's definitely what i'd go for that 70 30 split of UGC UGC. interesting thank you um we, we we've got um we've got a ton of questions coming in one or two i i i get the sense that we're probably going to answer later on in here especially mm. knowing the questions that i've got so um we'll press on thank you for your questions guys we're not going to miss them out but um we'll, we'll we'll move on to the next question for me because i think like i say we we do answer some of those queries um the organic tactics then that mm. we can use to gain traction on tiktok um what are we thinking here mm. Yeah, so I think posting consistently um, consistently is, you know, kind of very simple, but very effective. Um, and you can also kind of create a series of content and encourage people to follow for part two and things like that. That can really help um, boost your traction. Um, using trending hashtags 
as well. So you can research popular hashtags in the online trend discovery tool for TikTok. Um, so that's always a good one. Collaborating with other TikTok creators and brands too. So um, you can use the online creator marketplace tool to search for um, creators with a similar audience to yours and just kind of bring out some mutually beneficial partnerships from that. <laughs> and then community management is a, a huge one so making sure that you're responding to comments and asking feedback and just making your existing audience feel valued so they'll come back for more and they'll keep engaging in your content too um, and then lastly behind the scenes content is always a really good one so um, I feel like that builds trust with your audience people want more of an authentic kind of content on TikTok. So um, yeah, if you're showing the people the processes behind your brand, that just kind of humanizes your brand a little bit more and makes things more engaging. Yeah, and I think probably the biggest shift that I've seen in TikTok and across kind of um, social um, platforms is that kind of move for social to be used more as a search engine rather than just that kind of traditional um, social platform. So I think... Um, for, for me, one of the biggest tactics that if you've got a um, TikTok account or you're launching a TikTok account is, we're going to call it TTSEO, <laughs> TikTok SEO. Um, but really getting your head around that and really thinking about that the way that you would do an organic search strategy. So thinking about hashtags, thinking about keywords and thinking about what your audience are interested in, what they're searching for, and you know, making sure they're in the captions um, and hashtags, but also, as Jess mentioned earlier, um, TikTok scrape, the kind of copy that's overlaid in videos, so making sure you're doing that in um, app. And I think there was some, even some rumours that they um, were listening and scraping audio as well, but I don't know how true that is. I don't think that's ever been confirmed, has it? Mm. Um, well, if you've got audio on your video... Yeah, and then you've got the captions. Yeah, yeah. you've got the captions, so it can automatically yeah. what you're saying. Um, so I think really thinking about that, and uh, at the moment, there's no big kind of search volume tool for TikTok, but I think utilising things like, um, you know, Google Keyword Planner, because that's essentially going to give you a bit of insight into what people are interested in, albeit on a different platform, and applying that to TikTok um, but I can imagine they will be coming out with a uh, more sophisticated tool they've kind of got a keyword tool at the moment but it's a bit basic I can imagine they'll be going down that route soon I think it's just it's worth saying that they have recently so we had a big update um, I think this is on on only on the paid sort of advertising side of things but we've had um, a really cool update on the business sensor which is essentially a product listings ranking mm. so over the past seven days you can essentially see what products are selling the most on tiktok and what categories so i know that's obviously not a direct correlation as much as um sort of content wise but it definitely gives you a solid idea of what's performing yeah. well um, i think it's something that we've been using a little bit for clients as well and just mm. keeping an eye on the market and it, it's that wider insight that we're starting to get into the market of tiktok and especially for brands they're starting to do a lot more as a channel i think and, and providing that support is something that we're starting to see a lot you know so those insights are paramount at the moment like we're using them for as much as we possibly can purely because of the, the kind of benefits of that and, and the, the research that we can gain from that is massive so i think i urge you to have a look if you are a, you know you are a brand a business and you want to see you know what's going on in x space or in my space then you know it will give you that insight so it's definitely worth having a look at 
Very good. Um, I'm going to go back to one or two of the questions, if that's all right. We'll try Ooh. and make these um, as, as quick as possible. I'm, I'm not going to filter these, but just try and make them relevant for where we're at in this conversation. Um, I, I Here's a couple of questions here that maybe we can wrap these up together. It might be one for you out here. We've got two separate questions. One, one from Natalie, thank you for that, and, and another, another anonymous one. Um, one. One that says, do you find paid ads mm-hmm. um, or spark ads work better um or how do you think ads should differ um from how do you think yeah paid activity should differ from organic content yeah so i think in terms of paid pay versus spark ads um spark ads i would utilize that as your user generated content so your 70 percent of your content should actually be spark ads only if you are doing a lot organically so what we tend to find is, and we've had clients before that, you know, we don't have the time to do organic. Um, honestly, we, we just want to run paid and we just want to push purely brand awareness. Then in that case, we'd, we'd start to push a lot more like tailored content just for ads. If you do a lot organically already, there is no harm in utilizing that as your, as your, your user-generated content, your 70% for your paid ads. The reason that we say that is obviously, one, you're recycling content. So the budget, the time and the effort that goes into creating and pushing that ad out is drastically reduced because it's already there. Um, two, you can use hashtags within the captions and the headlines of that ad. So something that you can't do with regular ads and like a paid ad or just a regular paid ad is actually put hashtags in the copy. But it's kind of a workaround, I suppose you can see it as because if you're boosting a Spark ad, which is essentially a boosted organic post, then you can you can put that organic post out with the hashtags in. Um, and then and then boost that as a paid ad. So that's the second workaround as well. And then thirdly, it's just that organic feel which can contribute to that kind of that 70%, like I said. I think in terms of um what was the second question, Christian? Sorry. Um it, it, it was around that kind of different content. Did you do you think differently when producing content for paid as opposed to organic? Yeah, yeah. I think that kind of answers it a little bit. I think you, yes and no, you know, so keep that split do some some very much professionally generated content ads and then keep that organic feel to it as well and then use that as your your comparison essentially in a basis for testing cool alpha you're in demand sorry we've got one more question and then we'll move on um there was a time when you couldn't run paid ads on tiktok tiktok unless you had a certain number of followers yeah Is this still that. The case? it's not the case anymore thankfully so you don't actually technically even need a tiktok account um you can run i would highly recommend 100 create your own tiktok account and link it but no you don't need a certain amount of followers Brilliant. Thank you very much. They're still coming in thick and fast. We are going to come back to these guys, I promise. Um, we'll uh, we'll move on with the conversation, though. Um, a, a question for you guys. Like how, how do we know um, if TikTok is performing well? Yeah, so I think hopefully this kind of ties in with one of the earlier questions that was asked around, can it be effective? And I guess effective is totally de- dependent on what the purpose is of why you're trying to utilize TikTok in the first place. So I think like if we start at the kind of most obvious, you can see some direct correlation instantly. You know, you see a lot of creators utilizing the shop functionality and that is a direct, you could see a direct correlation in revenue there. Tick, it's worked well for your brand type thing. Um, there was actually some recent, some stats published quite recently um, from Hootsuite, which was focused solely on TikTok. And actually, one of the key bits that really stood out to me was that people, there was 67% of users said 
that TikTok influences them to spend, even if they weren't planning on doing so, because you just get kind of sucked into that world. You're endlessly scrolling and then you go like, it's so easy to buy. Like, I don't know if anyone has purchased from TikTok shop, but oh my God, it's so quick to buy. Mm -hmm. Um, And so from a retail space, that impact and is it working is so, so obvious. But then you get the other hand where it's like, okay, well, if you're in lead gen or if you're B2B, how do you understand that it's working? And really the purpose there is brand awareness. It's, I guess that's probably your main tactic for like trying to get people to understand the brand, to maybe um, align with the brand values or what the messaging that you want to put out there. So really that's when you kind of swap over to brand metrics to monitor and evaluate that. So for example, um, we look at like Google Trends, back I kind of mentioned Keyword Planner, which is kind of looks at search volume, but Trends is slightly different. It allows you to look at an interest score, but you can be really specific with the time range. So for example, if you had a piece of content that went viral, um, or if you were doing a series that was working quite well, you could look at Google Trends and be quite granular to see was there an impact and interest and people searching for your brand and you could look at your brand terms there. Um, I also think, for example, you like TikTok does have an overlap rate with other social media channels. So we talk about brand and brand intent growing, but what your social following could grow as well. Like if you've really resonated with me, I might then seek out to follow you on facebook instagram youtube whatever so it doesn't just have to be like i don't think there's one metric that lets you know if the brand's doing well you again you have to kind of go back to your marketing objective what were you hoping to achieve and then there's probably direct stats that align with that but ultimately there's a few different things that you can do and also don't isolate what other channels are doing because you know if if someone's on board with you or decides that the you know, they're really invested, they'll probably seek to find you on other mediums as well in case you're putting out different forms of content because what someone might, you know, in like influencers, what they release on YouTube is very different to what they put out there on TikTok and um, and people might want to consume both content. So I think it, it does vary, but there's lots of different ways that you could almost measure the success. But again, going back to what Becca said at the start, don't forget why you are doing it in the first place because that's really what you should be holding yourself accountable for. Alfie, thoughts? Yeah, I think you've summarised it perfectly, to be honest, Rachel. But I think from like a purely metric point of view, if you're, again, I know I keep going back to paid, obviously, um, but, you know, from a paid side of things, there's there's kind of, we rank those metrics and, and the way we measure success on TikTok. From a brand awareness level, you know, purely you'd be looking at reach, right? So eyes on your ads, how many eyeballs are you getting in front of? Um, I think more consideration and engagement side of things. And you've got clicks, click-through rates, engagement rates, et cetera. And then obviously on the lower funnel, which is like conversions or lead gen side of things, then you've got, of course, conversions, purchases, um, return on advertising spend, um, and your cost per acquisition. I think that's a very top line way to look at it from a pay side of things. I think organically, however, it is it's literally all about perception in my eyes i think you know you've got to put it this way if you go onto tiktok and and you you spend 10 to 20 minutes and zero pounds making a video and you push it out and it gets a thousand views that's a win in my eyes because it didn't cost you any money to make it cost you 20 minutes to make and you've got a thousand new eyeballs on your brand and on your ad so it's all about perception and i think 
you've again like going back to becca's point you've got to remember why you're doing it number one but also you've got to be consistent with it i think a common misconception i am going off on a tangent so i apologize but a common misconception <laughs> about tiktok is that people think it's almost like the get rich quick scheme of social media nowadays you know what i mean like people think they can they can hop on it and be like oh okay that's fine i'll get a million followers in a month and like the reality is it's not but what it is and what it can do for you is it, it can it can accelerate your growth way more than any other channel um, any other channel does sorry and i think that's the that's the usb for it but that doesn't mean it's not going to take a long time it's just all about consistency at the end of the day so if you find that for two months you get 10 followers then reevaluate your content reevaluate what you're doing and, and just think just you know look at what are your competitors doing what are other people doing on the app and why am i not doing as well as them and it's all, all you've got to do is just be consistent i think the more you post the more chance you have of that opportunity for virality and and accelerating that brand growth um yeah emotional talk over <laughs> brilliant thank you alfie um guys we've uh, um as predicted we've, we've had a stream of questions come in i'm gonna go straight to this one first rach I, I think you can probably see this question um someone's asking whether you might be able to attach the link to that hootsuite um piece of piece of research that you were referencing um if you can't whoever that was because it's a, a an anonymous question um someone from MediaWorks will certainly get back to you with a link to that article mm -hmm. um we've got uh some others here i'm going to go straight back to the top guys uh actually i'll, I'll keep that one for last because it's a cracker of a question i think we can round off the uh today's subject matter with that one um We've got a question here. We know you mentioned that Insta won't favour anything with a TikTok logo. Is this the same if we share our TikTok video straight to our stories, or is this a feed thing only? Hmm. I don't think they mentioned specifically, but I would suggest that it would be both. I would err on the side of caution of it. I mean, you could do some tests and trial, um, but I think I would be surprised if they weren't looking at store scraping stories as well, because ultimately Instagram wants to keep you in Instagram. So anything it can do to keep you there um, is the objective, really. So I'd probably err on the side of caution with that one and um, make sure you're not using or, you know, that it's not got TikTok watermarks in it. Yeah, gotcha. Um, another question here. Um, interesting question, this one. As a social media manager of a company operating in a heavily regulated industry, um, catering specifically to psoriasis sufferers, um, got a challenge here to divide TikTok strategy that keeps a serious tone. Um, so in, in your opinion, and I know we talked about kind of types of content that works well earlier, is there an opportunity on the platform to go viral without following kind of that typical sort of, um, you know, comedy humour trend there? Yeah, I think uh, what's interesting is we work on quite a lot of kind of regulated healthcare, so very used to being in this space. And I think definitely that, you know, some really good content you can get into is expert content, um, you know, using HCPs, using dermatologists, doing Q&As. And I think that's probably where that kind of TikTok SEO becomes really, really important. If it's, you know, not jumping on audio trends or, um, you know, video trends, making sure you're really thinking about what what are people looking for? What do they want to be answered? So, again, you could do that two ways. Firstly, looking at Google to understand what the questions are. But secondly, looking at the content that's already out there in TikTok, what are people creating videos about? What are people answering questions about? So I definitely think there's a space for, um, you know, I don't want to go serious, but not trend-driven content. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And I think as well, like, it doesn't, serious doesn't have to mean 
inspiring yeah yeah totally like that you know you can do kind of mm. mood boosting positivity yeah. content too that could really help yeah totally Love it. Um, a couple of uh, questions here that uh, may be around perhaps some of the, the pitfalls of, of um, uh, uh, use on TikTok. Um, as a business, how do we deal with trending audio that is licensed or copyrighted? Um, is the understanding that kind of most trending audio cannot be used by companies legally? Um, and is there a license free audio available on the platform? Mm, right. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you've got experience there, Becca. <laughs> well, I don't want to, I mean, I guess like just mentioned at the beginning, you can toggle sounds for commercial use, but I'm going to say always push it back to your legal team. It's about the risks that your legal team is willing to take. Yes, they are copyrighted, but get advice from your legal team about what they'd be willing to do and use is ultimately um, the question. Yeah, question, the answer. Yeah. <laughs> You want to play it safe as well use the tiktok sound studio online yeah. because everything in that sound studio is licensed for use in both organic content and paid ads too yeah. um, and that, is that the top one you mentioned um no that's actually the website so uh, okay. tiktok sound studio it will show you all of the trending audios mm. um like recent trends and stuff that are actually licensed for use as well useful like that Good tip. Mm. Um, uh, probably related on this. Is there anything that TikTok completely penalises? Um, what should we be careful of when when making content? Rude words. <laughs> the I mean, yeah, rude words. Mention of bio as well is always so like linking bio always gets a TikTok removed. Um, pay side, side of things is a lot different. Um, it's much more strict. Um, so what they'll do on, on, on paid ads is they'll um, they'll analyze landing pages as well. So we've had, you know, skincare brands, et cetera, and anything that's, you know, or clinically proven or claiming to do something or claiming to do something to you aesthetically or to your body um, that gets found quite quickly. So just there are there's a massive list of kind of rules and regulations that TikTok have published. And, and you can scroll through that and just double check that you're obviously conforming to them because they do have a strike system as well. So just... Tread carefully, and um, I'm sure you'll be all right. How many strikes do you get? Is it three? Yeah, yeah. So we've had the, the pleasure to, of getting an account banned before, so that was fun. But it can all be resolved. I think, you know, they have a really good support system, and, and you can get direct contact with uh, reps from TikTok, especially if you're running paid ads, and um, they're always happy to help, which is which is lovely hmm. because um, it was quite a worrying time. thanks Alfie we've got a question here I I think we might have answered this one earlier on um, in the conversation do you find that TikToks do well TikToks that do well prompt a question or aim to answer one for me it feels like it's it's kind of knowing and understanding why you're going to be using TikTok in the first place Mm -hmm. to then measure what what is performing well for you right yeah I think that kind of question piece probably in the kind of terms of educational expert content but um TikToks that I've seen well might be using a filter of a cat going across on a boat across the river. <laughs> so, but, you know, I think, um, you know, what you can't forget as well as TikToks very zeitgeisty. It is very in the moment, isn't it? Weird stuff can suddenly take off um, 
so but I think if you're answering a question in your educational content then great yeah and I think they do well for different reasons as well mm. so um if you're prompting a question in your content and that gets lots of engagement in the comments that's going to help your um TikTok do well whereas if you're answering a question mm. in your content then that contributes towards the SEO and searchability mm. and stuff yeah. so yeah. Brilliant. Um, <clears throat> opinion. And I know we talked about this earlier, Jess, and one of your, your sort of advice pieces was around tr- trying to humanize your content. Um, we've got a question here around um, a B2C company having their employees show their face on company TikTok. So, you know, the, the question is does this risk creating a main face um, for a brand? Or does that, in, you know, in, in, in your sense, enhance that sense of people being behind a brand? And and, that, and sort of that whole sort of humanization of that brand. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, well, as long as you're not good with employees. <laughs> I guess I, it kind of depends on your brand. I think, you know, having a face uh, kind of in your content does humanize it and it's a really nice touch. Um, however, kind of for if you can find different people from your company that want to contribute mm. towards the TikToks, so that can make it a bit more varied. Um, think about inclusivity as well um, so if you can get other people involved and just show not just one face of your company but the, the varying different beautiful faces in your company um, that is the best thing you can do fantastic um, we've got one here very quickly because I know we're, we're sort of running out of time um, Jordan Welsh business YouTuber did an experiment where he released the same content with a user profile and a business profile, found that the user profile video was promoted organically a lot more. Have we found the same experience? I don't think I've ever done an A-B test, but what I will say is it's a bit swings and roundabouts because on a business profile, you get better analytics. So it's a bit of a kind of a payoff, you know, if you have done tests and you do that, ultimately you don't get the level of detail around metrics um so i think it can it depends what is you know really important to you i guess is it you know just about getting that boost or do you want insight into why you're getting that boost um is probably what i'd say but i mean i think we had this when you could create um business profiles on instagram as well yeah um, i was gonna say this so like, yeah. it happens on every social media i've like whether there's always tests to see if businesses get penalized most but ultimately, like Becca said, and maybe it's just because we're interested in the data part, Becca, but like you, the, there's some real value that is, it depends whether that's worth losing out on. So I think it's always going to be the case. Mm. Um, and I'm pretty sure like even the sort of like the kind of people behind the platform tend to say like, oh no, we don't penalize one more than the other. But realistically, like it's, it's just a new platform with the same story that we've kind of heard from other socials in the past. Yeah. I think it's worth caveating as well that I'm not dismissing his test at all. I'm sure it was very accurate, but <laughs> there are a number <laughs> of very... <laughs> I think it could also be a kind of testament to how a lot of, I don't want to say the word luck because that sounds awful, but how, you know, sometimes it is genuinely just based mm. on luck. Like some, yeah. a video that, deserves to go viral might not go viral and another one might go completely parabolic in terms of views and likes and comments so kind of loops back around to that consistency point and you know i've had it before where like i've had accounts on tiktok before that have scaled and 
joined the creator fund and and ended up being like i've definitely been shadow banned because every video after i joined the creator fund i found that it was like nothing was happening no traction at all so i essentially went from average of fifty thousand views thirty thousand views a video and it just plummeted to about a thousand so i promptly left but you know tiktok will never like rachel said a company like this and an app like this would never outright say oh yeah we, we penalize business accounts or people in the creator fund but i think it's just about scoping that out and, and taking into consideration those other factors as well so i would say switch to a business account that's my opinion because you get a lot of benefits from it you get access to the business center um, and you get that insight like, like becca said as well super alfie i think that answers a follow-up question to something that was mentioned there earlier on so um to that anonymous um question that's just come in thank you for that i think we've answered yours um Tilly, um, we've got two questions from you. We are definitely going to answer them directly to you because they're. I think there's they require some quite detailed responses. Mm. Um, oh, is this the gonna... TikTok shop one? Yes. Yes, we were going to follow that up. I think we've got a series, haven't we, Christian? So I think brilliant, good. There you go. Which is why I, I felt like it was probably going to take forever to answer that one. Yeah. Um, we, Sophia, yes, uh, we will absolutely share a list of those useful tools. Um, but you can listen again to this um, on your favourite podcast channels. Um, how do you remove the TikTok watermark? I'm guessing that's probably believe Out, Outright answer is you can't. As of now, there are talks of an update coming in. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Jess, I want to say something. No, Jess is. You can. If you can. can download TikTok video, there's a lot of different search results that will come up. I think one that... Um, it's good. It's called Snapped It. You just paste which we it. do not endorse any of these third party no, sites. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, some of these tools are just a bit helpful. They're available. Um, Should you want they to are use available, them? yes. And you just paste the link of the TikTok video in, and it'll download without the watermark. Sorry. Should you do it at your own risk? Yeah. Black market <laughs> solutions for watermark removal. That's the one. <laughs> I think you. I mean, you can drop it as well. That's another thing that I've seen people do. So. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. Um, I'll I'll finish on this final one. Uh, there might be one or two that will happily take this, or maybe it might be just one of you. What's the most successful TikTok you've created? Why do you think it was successful? I know what Jess is going to say in this one. Well, to be fair, I've had a um, I've had a, <laughs> a couple, um, but honestly, the most successful ones that I've had, I think. Um, one of them was when someone had like rolled a massive snowball outside my house and I asked everyone to guess how long it would take to melt. Um, took five days, <laughs> but lots and lots of... Um, how many views did you get on it? I got about half a million somehow because a lot of teenagers thought that my street looked like a street that was in a TV series and was asking if I lived there. However... <laughs> Everyone that saw it and that watches this show must be between the ages of 13 and 15. Um, so I abandoned that account <laughs> and made a new one because I didn't want that to be my audience. But I guess that just proves that you can't necessarily choose your audience. Yeah. Um, or know what's going to go viral, like exactly. Alfie said. Yeah, the stuff that I've created in 0.5 seconds somehow has just 
done so much better than the stuff I spend a lot of time on. I think just yeah. to, to feed into that as well, I mean, this wasn't me actually, this was my mates, but like the complete flip side, I think that's a really good idea to be honest, Jess. Like I actually genuinely think that's a clever idea. Whereas this is possibly like the worst thing that I think could have gone viral. Well, it's not, it's funny, but um, I had some friends, we all went to Croatia for holiday last year and we got separate flights back and um, the other group of friends had like something silly, like a 12, 13 hour layover in Bulgaria. Um, and it was like through the night as well. So they were stuck in this airport with nobody in there. And I think they found, like, I know this is building up to a story, but I promise you it's nothing big. Like <laughs> they'd found like a, a plastic football or a tiny football and they like literally just filming him like kicking it about and they were just like, having a kick about probably shouldn't have been in the airport and I think one of them might have sliced it a little bit and out of everywhere it could have gone it went straight up and it hit this really really long light beam and the whole light beam fell down and completely smashed on the floor and that managed to get 2.2 million views so look there's a flip side to the content that you push on TikTok and uh, you never know what's going to go viral they did have to pay for it so don't worry about that part Oh, fantastic um guys thank you so much um that that was truly a fascinating uh very nearly an hour good grief we're, we're probably way over um look it, it's often it's my job to kind of try and somehow summarize kind of um five actionable takeaways there just seems so much there um that was really really useful some fantastic questions from everybody um I, look you know for, for me certainly you know understanding you know, whether your audience is there already or whether you're going to need to spend time building one. Um, that That's really, really, really interesting. And kind of knowing really what you want to get out of, of, of kind of going on to TikTok before even considering doing that. Um, you know, we, we talked a lot about the tools there to, to help you understand that, spotting the trends and, and kind of the, the different ways trends can, can formulate in audio, in challenges, content, filters, hashtags, that you know, that goes on. You know, it, it, it's a quick moving platform. So I think um, understanding, you know, how you can, you can move... Um, quickly with those um, is 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 obviously really really important. Short and personable. I love I love that stuff. Stuff there, kind of looking behind the scenes, behind the brand. Show, you know, just showing the human angle um, is 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 really really interesting. Um, Becca, your point around TikTok and search. Um, it's a good job our SEO director is off this week. Otherwise, I think he would fist fight you um on on that one so that always causes arguments in in our office um and and obviously kind of i think really important is kind of benchmarking and measuring this stuff but you know as, as kind of good marketers i think we all want to know um how and where and why the stuff we're doing is is working or, or whether it's not um and and i think you know we, we, as we've we've found out in the last hour or so we really can measure this stuff um regardless of what your your ultimate goals might be um, guys, I'm really conscious there are still questions unanswered. What we're going to do um, is, is take all of those questions. And um, after this session, we'll make sure we get back to you um, directly with, with some of those particular points that um, that we felt like we haven't been able to answer today. So listen, huge thanks to, to all of our panel. That was truly fascinating. I know we're we're back again on, on TikTok next week, um, which we're going to be answering a lot more on. So um, do please join us if you can. If not, like I say, these these are recorded. You can download and listen at your leisure. Um, but yeah, listen, thanks everybody. It's been a great attendance and thanks um, to our panel because you've been wonderful again. Thank you very much. Bye everybody. Thank you guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.